Hey, Wes, we're talking about jessebrowns.com, the gift guide going on over there. And one of the items that if it's not on there, it should be on there for the anglers in our lives is a book called Fly Flishing. Fly Flishing? No, Fly Fishing. There it the is. The Blue Ridge Parkway. And it is the North Carolina section. An almost accurate guide detailing over 200 of the best rivers, streams, and creeks along the North Carolina section of the Blue Ridge Parkway. It is a fantastic book that came out really during the pandemic. So what a fortuitous time for us anglers because we were able to get this book and use this book as uh, a lot of people may not have been in school or going into work or all of those bad things that we remember. Well, we have the author, Sam Johnson, on the line to bring him on to find out about a certain section here in North Carolina as we talk about his book, Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway. Sam, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Well, thank you, Bill. And I, I must say this is the first time I've ever been referred to as a fly flicker. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty good nickname for what you do and the streams that you do it on because you have fished all over, all over, well, all over period. But on this particular topic, we're going to talk about North Carolina and up along the Blue Ridge Parkway, which many people do not know includes some of the smallest wild streams, but also some of the biggest rivers that are available for us to fish as well well it, re it really does um a, lo a lot of people get on the parkway to look at the vistas uh but they forget that there's a lot of water that flows under the parkway or sources off of the parkway and forms up some beautiful watersheds that have some of the best some of the best wild trout fishing in the eastern part of the united states and then and then, um, and then there's some large rivers, too. So and I think we're going to be talking about one of those today. Well, take us up there. We're going to go east of Boone and talk about a section of, of a river that is featured in your book, the Watauga River. Um, and we learn a little bit about the Watauga and its makeup from your book, but you focus on about 12 or so miles of it. And I guess it's from where it begins as it flows uh, into Valley Crucis. That's correct, Bill. And it um, actually is to the to the west or southwest is where it sources up from Boone, in a little a little obscure community called Tyne Castle, and that's sitting on the north slope or the north face of the Grandfather Mountain, and it sources up there um, in a little lake, um, and then flows under 109 um at a at a at a place called i believe the uh peddling pig barbecue it flows for such a noble river it starts flowing under a barbecue shack under 109 and then actually becomes the the, the watauga river that everyone knows about uh across the street literally uh you can stand and throw a rock as hard as you can to the south and throw a rock in the source of the Linville River. So it's really unusual to see two storied rivers like this sourcing up so very close to each other. Now, they are right across the street from each other, so close, but they're flowing in different directions, and they end up in entirely different places. They, they really do. The Linville River, of course, it, 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 it takes off headed south, and it flows into the Atlantic Ocean. And the Watauga River uh, turns north 
and flows up, hits Tennessee, goes into Mississippi, and goes into the Gulf of Mexico. So although they source within yards of each other, they end up in two very big different bodies of water. Well, something your book does is gives us permission to know about this stream and its makeup. And as us anglers are looking for places to go, your book, uh, Fly Fish in the Blue Ridge Parkway, this Wataga section, is essentially focuses into the types of availability there on that 12-mile section. Anything from public ownership or, or public availability to private ownership to uh, permitted private ownership to the public. Can you talk about those different segments and, and sections and how we access and know what we're fishing on if we head to one of these places? I will. And I, I like to refer to this this 12.8-mile section from Tyne Castle down to Valley Cruces, North Carolina. And it, it has really three sections that I consider. The first section being what we call the grandfather section, starts there at Tyne Castle and flows northeast for 5.4 miles to a bridge uh, on 109 that 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 turns to, to go to uh, Valley Cruces. That area is highly the, – the lower part is very highly populated. The upper part of it is very mountainous, uh, small stream, few cabins on it, but uh, a lot of small tributaries like Shanty Springs Branch and Green Ridge Branch and Valley Creek, Moody Mill, those are all fishable streams. Many of them run up into the Grandfather Mountain Park and are into the National Parks, uh, not National Park, but National Forest Service. And those are all fishable streams. It, the thing to look for, especially on the Watauga, uh, as in most places as far as what's fishable and not, look for the posted signs mm -hmm. because the people are very particular, especially in that area. And if they have a posted sign up, you just need to stay away from it. If you don't see a posted sign, in my opinion, it's worth taking the risk. And I've been doing it for 40 years, and I've never been confronted yet. So, you know, just, just look for the signs, be respectful of private property, and um, you'll find a lot of water to fish. The, the second section starts right around in the Fosco area down to around the Hound's Tooth area. That's an 8.3-mile area, extremely flat, several bridges that cross there, like Callaway Bridge, Shoals Mill Bridge. Those are all very fishable underneath, and the fish love to congregate underneath those bridges. And then the third section and final section that flows down into a delayed harvest area is the what we call the Valley Crucis. And it flows for 5.6 miles down to Valley Crucis. It ends in a delayed harvest section that's loaded with fish, and it is less than a one-degree gradient. So it's... It's what I call, Bill and, and Wes, assisted living fishing. You, you can step out of your car into the creek, and you're not crawling over boulders and rocks and things like that. It's very flat. But that entire 12.6-mile, 12.8-mile section is very, very fishable. Just be respectful of the landowners. Look for the posted signs. Stay away from it. And the other areas, um, you should have a lot of success. Well, and also I think along those lines is being respectful of everybody else who has found that stretch because the, the Valley Cruces section is is 
pretty easy to access in a lot of cases. And um, bridges are always a great place to try and get some fish. But, you know, if there's some folks milling around after you've caught your handful of memories, maybe ease on down, let somebody else have a try at those fish. That They do love those bridges, and those are pretty easy to access but do me be mindful of traffic. There are a few interesting T intersections on some of those bridges that can get a little, a little yep. nuts. Um, so it, it it really is. And and the thing about this section of river bill is that it is paralleled by major roads. Uh, I mean, it's both the entire twelve point eight miles is paralleled by 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 large roads. So it's very easy to get to. You can see the river almost all the way down. And, of course, we're going to have some of our very own native brook trout and then some stocked uh, rainbows. There might be some bass in there. I'm sorry, some brown trout. There aren't any bass in there that I know of. There might be at some, <laughs> at some times. Um, this, a lot of folks don't think of going fly fishing. And in our part of the world, now is an excellent time to be out there. When you're targeting trout on this particular 12.8 miles, is there a different presentation to think about, or is it just kind of... Whatever you've got you know, is going to work. Well, you know, this time of the year, the water level is very low, especially as you get from Fosco up at last seven or eight miles. Uh, I drop my tippet size down. Um, I, I will drop my bug size down one or two levels. But the water is very clear. It's low. The fish can see you. You're making a little bit longer casts. And by longer cast. In those headwaters, I'm talking about, you know, you're talking a 20-foot cast <laughs> in most cases. In the delayed harvest area, you know, those fish are not quite as, as smart, um, but they get smart pretty quick the longer they hang around, and you're going to find you're going to have to drop down to get further on the bottom, uh, even though the bottom is not, in most places, not over two feet deep. But, um, yeah, I drop my bug size down and my tippet size down and get down as deep as I can normally. So when we're talking about flies that are in the 18, 20, 22, even 24 if you're feeling really spry, when it's cold yeah. out and those fingertips get numb and we're using 6 and 7X tippet, y'all, I guess I'd say go ahead and, and rig some some flies up at home in the warmth and comfort of the house so when you get to the stream you can you can make the most of it because... I know that there are people who are much better at this than me, but 7X fluorocarbon, tying that onto a fly when it's cold is about yep. the last thing that I am capable of doing. Uh, it's just, <laughs> that, is, that is very precise work, so I will rig all that up beforehand. But when you're saying small, are you saying 18, 20, 22 size flies? That's exactly what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, so real, yeah, real fly, small. Even- yeah, even anything you're using on top for an indicator, like a caddis or something like that, is going to be probably like a 16. Yeah. And then everything underneath that is going to be from, from an 18 to 22. And like you said, even a 24 in some cases. Which but will still draw big fish. You, 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 you know, you'll catch the, the stalker, kind of the 12 and 13 inches, but if there are holdovers, that'll still pull out the kind of the tough customers, no question about it. We're talking well, it definitely about, will. We're talking, in fact, in the delayed, the delayed harvest area, that's what you're going to find. You're going to catch them on mostly is going to be in the 20, 20 up is what hmm. they tend to hit a lot. But you do. We're talking about the high country of North Carolina, so you do need to wear your long underwear yeah. and uh, your, uh, you know, pull, pull your toboggan down over those ears because uh, this time of year, although we've had a pretty mild go of it thus far, the, the fall and early start, but... It gets cold up in that area. They're making snow at the at the ski slopes up there, <laughs> yeah. so there's a, there's a clue. 
<laughs> if, you if you don't catch any fish, you can go skiing. That's right. <laughs> Sam Johnson, you are doing talks via Zoom uh, and, and that sort of thing, even lectures and having meetings, too. We can contact you through wildbearings.com. And, of course, over at Jesse Brown's, we've got the book, Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, the North Carolina section. Tell us how those lectures are going. Well, they're going really well. We, we are, are Next year, we'll have a series of six uh, we're partnering also with Mojo Sportswear Company. Um, it's become a major sponsor, and we're doing um, we'll be doing some blogs on on fishing. In fact, I think we have one coming out this uh, next week on on uh, brook trout, a really interesting. And one before that was on on uh, trout vision, what they see and how they see it. But Yes, we'll be doing we'll be doing webcast every month, and it will be uh, we'll promote it, and it will be on our website, uh, wildbearings.com, The schedule, and and you'll be known as the fly flicker. <laughs> I sure hope Chris Sloan does not hear that. I, he will call me that to the day I die. But Sam, well, that's what we do, though. Really, we flick flies. That's you're you're exactly right. And listen, we appreciate you being on with us here on the Carolina Outdoors. We got to get you on again to cover another section. Well, we'd love to reach out anytime. It's just it's it's such a pleasure to be affiliated with Jesse Brown and. Um, just really appreciate uh, you and Wes, and um, hope you hope you all have a great great holiday. You too. Back at you, and off he goes, and off we go. But just for a moment, Wes Lawson, Bill Barty, you're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 